Hello, this is another edition of Abhi's Journey, and I'm your uh, host Abhi. Surprise! So today I'm going to do an episode with an essential worker, or at least someone who was an essential worker until she got kicked off. And I met her in uh, Morocco, and I'm going to call her uh, Miss Jizairi. So welcome to the show, Miss Jizairi. Thank you. So uh, you lived in Malaysia before moving into the Netherlands. Yeah. And uh, how, like, when you moved in uh, to the Netherlands, what are the major differences did you notice? Uh, basically, nature because. I was living in Kuala Lumpur, it was hectic, a lot of people, many buildings. And then I came here and it was full of greenery. So that made me feel very peaceful and happy. Of course, I came during a good time because it was summertime. So I, I really loved it here. Also, the food tastes so much better. Malaysians use a lot of oil in their food, don't they? Yeah, but I mean, I, yeah, I can't eat, Mal- I couldn't eat Malaysian food. I was mostly opting for Arabic food or Western food, not so much Malaysian, so. And there are a lot of Arabs in Malaysia. Mm, yeah, a lot of Syrians, I think. Not too many, but there are quite few. In Malaysia or in Kuala Lumpur? In Kuala Lumpur. Okay, because Kuala Lumpur is a different world compared to Malaysia. Yeah, yeah, of course. Even, you know, everything is in KL. Even people, when they are st- when they come to study or for business, they come from the surroundings, uh, surrounding areas to uh, KL, so. And how was life in Kuala Lumpur? Yeah, it was, it was good, actually. I, a lot, I had a lot of friends. Uh, the salary was decent enough to be able to pay off my essentials and have some extra for savings and and some for shopping. But I think, but what I didn't like was the working conditions because you work a typical working day in Malaysia is uh, nine hours a day, and uh, you get only twelve days of holidays. And I live for the entire year. Yeah. And I live halfway across the world, so 12 days are not by any means enough for me to go travel back to my country, have some quality time with my family and come back. Yeah, actually, I'm not surprised. Uh, You know know that Asia is fucked up when India is considered the most chill nation in Asia. I mean, I worked in this company, Accenture, and the funny thing is, when they uh, sent my friend for to train some people in India, a typical working day for Accenture in India is ten hours a day. Really? Yeah, she was she was she was working five or six days a week, ten hours a day. She didn't even have time to go out and explore the country. I actually do not understand this corporate culture in India. Like uh, you know, uh, even my parents keep pushing me, you know, getting a. A corporate job uh, somewhere in big cities in India and they all believe it's just peachy there it's not it's uh, pure agony yeah true yeah and all these companies which hire the Indians or the Asians are the rich companies in 
America and Canada and in Europe essentially the first world and they don't exactly pay the first world salary true yeah the reason is uh, why they hire them is because they're cheap labor and they don't complain so they overwork you underpay you even though the salary is, is somehow better than what Malaysians gets a typical Malaysian employee will get around 208 2800 uh, ringgits i used to get 4000 and you weren't paying any taxes right i mean i no we don't pay any taxes I, you pay you start paying taxes after the 5000 euro uh, sorry 5000 ringgit salary so if you get paid 5000 you're going to be paying i think 1% as uh, a salary uh, 1% tax and the number goes higher the higher the salary is so i was my salary was less than 5000 so i was i was not paying any taxes i paid 28% uh, tax but it was all refundable after i finished my 6 months in the country okay so i thought that there was zero tax no matter your salary no no after 5000 you uh, after 5000 ringgits you start uh, they start taxing your salary So you're from Algeria? Yeah. Why Netherlands? Why not France? Huh. Well, I came to the Netherlands because it was the easiest way for me to come, I guess. I came to move in with my boyfriend. It was straightforward uh, process. It's easy. They don't require marriage or anything like that. But if you're asking me why I prefer living in the Netherlands and not in France, then I guess because there are too many Algerians in France, so a lot of racism, a lot of bad name. It's the same here. I think it's the Moroccans. They have a bad rep in the Netherlands. But I know that, like you know, uh, Algeria was an ex-French colony. but at the same time you know algerians do pull up shit and of stupid motherfucking shit in france yeah true but you know everywhere you're going to find the good ones and you're going to find the bad ones yeah. Like, yeah so but the thing is like people over, tend to overlook the ones who are blending into the society who are good and focus on those who are fucked up and then they'll just generalize it yeah i understand plus there is a lot of uh, illegal immigration going on in uh, Spain, France, Italy, so that makes it a little bit a little less safer. I I don't think illegal migration is a it's illegal immigration is a problem. I think the immigrants are the problem. The Of course, if you're in, if you're in the country illegally, it means that you cannot sustain yourself. It means you're going to end up doing some illegal illegal stuff in order to get by in order to eat in order to survive. So sometimes they may have to resolve to crime i understand that like but coming from algeria what do you think about the algerian society as as far as I, uh, the algerians i have met in my life most of them belong to the ignorant and backward side at least in my opinion and in my experience oh. there are people who do think in a progressive way who No, no, not i'm not saying that uh, thinking in a progressive way is uh, is always correct there are people who do use their moral sense of judgment their ethical values to 
to base their actions on but most of the algerians i met are uh, ignorant and the reason is because they do not get enough of education in algeria yeah that might be one reason i don't think i mean honestly i can't judge but i am assuming the ignorance are more are more than the educated but it's not about education i think it's more about exposure you know in algeria it's only arabs it's only muslims so it's this little community that has these rules that's all they know and that's all that what they follow and that so it's that's the only thing they know it's right so it's more about the society thing culture and religion do you have sharia law ah oh, no what do you think about sharia law it's backwards it's a law that was set 2000 years back and the reason it was there is, is because there were no other laws now we have you know what we know about our, what is known as law so why would you go to a practice that was done 2000 years back when you can use the more pro- progressive laws no i i personally do not think uh, you know there's nothing right and wrong every right and wrong is completely related yeah. to the space and time of course true true i'm not saying that i'm saying that's what the community back there knew because that's the only thing they knew that's the only way they they um, knew to make people abide the law the society has uh, evolved so why you know why not evolve uh, ourselves why would we stick to rules that are that we that we no longer have to stick to it's the same like for saudi arabia you know thing is i think that religion and society come together i think uh, religion is a product of society so you know we tend to call ourselves muslim countries and stuff like that but the truth is no we progressed the only country that the only arab country that i know that uh, hasn't is uh, saudi arabia they were trying to name themselves true muslims true true muslims who are what's the word were were abiding the sharia laws but they came out as pro- what's the word not progressive what's the word for not progressive backwards yeah backwards thank you <clears throat> so yeah so now they're trying to adapt to the new law to the new to, to the new world while still naming themselves muslims i'm from a very chauvinistic community or a chauvinistic country as well but the small part i'm from it's it's quite progressive i'm not saying that all of us are very progressive i'm saying that but still uh, there are people who can think and act for their own like uh, you being a woman did not serve necessarily as an hindrance but still you had to face some issues as a woman like you know straight guys like looking at boobs and ass and uh, when you are deprived of those things 
so when you meet women in the in the streets or uh, when it is given to your hands to make up laws and rules of course you are going to make laws and rules that uh, that satisfies your needs and uh, but still you know uh, i've seen women like for instance i was raised by very strong women uh, i was straight i was raised by straight up gangsters um uh, like my grandma used to even uh, smuggle shit from singapore mm. if she was caught she would be hanged without question the very fucking next day <laughs> but still she uh, she did that because uh, she had a lo- uh, loser of a father uh, what's what's a word like one who drinks and who's not in the home like runaway runaway or something? i don't know no that's a offbeat or anyway uh, he was an absentee father mm-hmm. so she had to take control of the family and she did what she had to do mm. and uh so although i'm from a chauvinistic society i've seen women succeed and but i want to understand where do women stand in algeria well i can speak for all women there are a lot of independent women in algeria as well there are a lot of women you know there are youtubers when the business women and women who travel the world by themselves but the percentage is quite small they for example for algeria i think that uh, i think it's also the women, the women's fault for example i i have this cousin i keep inviting her to come visit me and she keeps thinking no i'm married now it's like if you're married you're a slave or you're a prisoner so what you're married you cannot enjoy life you cannot leave the house without your husband's permission they they accept that this is how it should be and they do that many women go study and get a good education for a man to come and say i'm going to marry your daughter if she doesn't go to work yeah they yeah they they are convinced that marriage and having a man it doesn't matter if he's a good man or a bad man if they're gonna get along with him or not they believe that that's the purpose of their existence well if that's what you're taught to believe you know if uh, i have convinced completely convinced you in a uh, in an idea that this is how your life has to be like uh, being a woman means giving birth to a child and uh, having security if i have convinced you of this idea this life of course you're going to believe that that's the only way to live life and this is not just for women i can say that for even for men like almost all of us are convinced on that idea that we need to fill roles in society to sustain ourselves so right now our life be- becomes a, a a monotonous thing but it is not like i even uh, i was speaking with this uh, 
friend of mine from yesterday like uh, and his dad uh, was in south africa and uh, he had a call uh, i still remember and uh, my uh, my friend was speaking and then suddenly it's like my dad died what happened like he got into gardening and uh, a mosquito bit him and he had a malaria infection and he died but this is life almost all the deaths you have been to in your life you can hear someone say this is so unexpected mm-hmm. he was good but this happened but this is life mm-hmm. you know people like uh, to think that life is something that is that that is infinite it's not live life like it is your last day because it can very well be your last day can anyone in the world guarantee that the next hour or the next minute or even the next second they can be alive no i'm not saying that you need to be paranoid i'm saying that you need to accept life like i believe that there is a difference between surviving and living surviving is you get to eat you get to sleep you get to wake up you get to do the same shit again and again and again living is accepting yourself understanding who you are understanding that the mere existence in the space and time continuum in this cosmos has a value to it and apply that value in this existence and in this in this three dimensional existence i understand and i completely agree with that i want to ask if women get uh, stoned and uh, hanged for having sex outside marriage in algeria no 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 stoning no stoning nor hanging but it's something you know it's something to be frowned upon if a girl is uh, not a virgin anymore she is not marriage material so she needs to hide she needs to go and do some kind of a procedure yeah the the pussy tightening thing <laughs> yeah uh, do you know any friends who did that no i think i've heard stories of people done that but i don't know personally anyone who did yeah, that so i yeah i mean I mean I heard that uh, I heard many stories about that but but also but I know I don't know that happens a lot in my country so not I think in any conservative community not just my country yeah they basically we treat women like uh, juice boxes written yeah. if seal is broken exactly true yeah so which is stupid in my opinion and uh, many girls resort to anal in order to preserve their virginity oh, for the wedding night yeah so they aren't getting actual virgins like oh shit like, <laughs> what the fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly so so much importance is placed up in three drops of blood that is just it doesn't make sense to me even now uh, when i believe i am not certain i i think i last to a doctor if i speak to him in this as a guest like i don't think the you actually get your virginity back you no, just no 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 you need the i mean i think there are 
types of procedures, but I do know that the the, the one the women do is like sealing off the I don't know what it's called the the virginity thing, and it needs to be done forty eight hours or something before the wedding night. I think so. You know, because if it's too long, then it's no longer valid or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So you worked, you were an essential worker and uh, you worked for one of the biggest companies in uh, the Netherlands, Albertine. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, get any extra pay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... I uh, have a degree in education, but since I just moved into the Netherlands, I'm still learning to... I have to learn the language in order to be able to teach again. So right now I did this essential worker order picker because it's easy to get available everywhere. And with the COVID-19 crisis, it's really hard to get a job right now. I did it for two months. But did they pay you extra? Yeah, yeah. They they abide by the Netherlands law. If you work on weekends, you get twice pay the pay. No, no. Uh, just because you are uh, working essentially, you are doing the important job. Uh, you were going out during this pandemic, since you were considered to be one of the essential people, mm-hmm. who were considered that. Uh, you guys were running the society oh you mean more money yeah no 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 it's still a low paying job it's how much used... did they pay you uh, 11.35 you... 11. euros gross per hour and, and after then... taxes around 7.8 euros an hour and how much is that in a week or in a month well it depends on how many hours you work so and they don't and they they don't even pay you for the half an hour that you take to eat or rest so if you are if you work 7 hours of hard work you being there doing the actual work that's 47 8 uh, euros a day maybe something like that so that's not too bad is it no, I guess not. But but uh, how much uh, like with this job in Amsterdam, like how much will you be making in a month? So around uh, yeah, if you work twenty days, you can make around four thousand euros. No, that's not possible. If you're making fifty euros a day, well, maybe I um counting wrong, but. No, there's no way I worked. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. I got my maths wrong. (laughs) Shit. Yeah, because if if that happened, I'd be rich by now. (laughs) Like, uh, that would be 1,000 euros. I mean, if you work 20 days, if you got paid 50 euros a day. Yeah, probably. So it it wasn't enough to... to merely survive in the Netherlands? Well, it depends on how you live. If you had a family, definitely not. But if you were a bachelor staying in a room paying 400 euros rent, then it's enough for you to cover your basics. And uh, 
uh, the job was filled exclusively with uh, expats i mean there are a few dutch people but mostly people from ukraine poland mostly uh, croatia this uh, they bring them specifically to do this job they provide them with a room and they bring them to do this job here they don't speak dutch they don't speak english they only speak polish in your experience how was it working with the polish i don't know honestly i didn't con- uh, interact with them um, that much to have any judgment but i do know that they're hard workers they they bring them in for a reason they do the hard labor and they don't complain i see do you know that like uh, in the netherlands uh, the polish immigrants are the second highest immigrants yeah. next to the dutch I've i mean been told. yeah no yeah, so, um, the dutch aren't immigrants i mean the dutch like to think uh, the moroccans are the highest but it's not it's the poles yeah so i've been told but was there any racism inside the the warehouse yeah most probably i mean I mean, I don't know. Uh, I've seen a I've seen a Polish guy call a Moroccan guy a terrorist. Really? Yeah, and I've seen a Dutch guy asking the people to work or go to uh, to go back to where they came from. Exactly. Yeah, so. What the fuck? Like a Dutch guy said openly to you guys, work yeah. properly or go back to where the fuck you came from. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But no one they all took it as something normal I guess. I don't know. And I you know I don't want to be this wuss who, who complains for uh, you know the each and every small shit but I lived in a country I I also lived in Malaysia where uh, you know racism was uh, so proudly spoken about like uh, the fact that they hate black so much they they used to speak it in a, such a proud manner and uh, with with that i will also say this like the amount of racism in uh, the netherlands is uh, quite so fucking low key it's almost there everywhere like you see their uh, christmas has a very bad racist tradition and uh, then they do you know how many times i've been uh, when i was uh, complaining about taxes like actually i'll uh, say this one instance to you like i was asking to a dutch guy where are my uh, taxes going to because i'm not just paying the 32% tax after the 32% tax there's the health insurance for 140 euros every fucking month and then you if you have a car you pay for the car insurance you for the road tax and then you pay for your insurance and if you hit another car you pay for the car and if something happens to the people inside you pay for the you pay for another insurance for the people inside yeah and then you have the garbage tax you have the water tax along with the rent Yeah, true, true. The Netherlands is, is very expensive. Which is too fucking expensive. True. 
so at the end of the day you don't get to save any money yeah and you don't don't get your tax worth yeah and i was speaking about this to a dutch guy and uh, i was com- comparing the ne- netherlands and sweden where i honestly felt that i was getting all my taxes worth and this just didn't happen with one or two this happened a couple of times so that's why i'll say this like you know you can always uh, uh, go back to where you came from yeah <laughs> it seems to be their favorite phrase yeah and it's um, you know honestly except for that instance with with the team leader i have an experience any racism in the netherlands but i'm not the one to say because i still haven't gone out and socialized so i can't really speak of that I'm not, you know, complaining against uh, these racist bastards per se. What I'm saying is that, like, what the fuck they are doing is fucking racist. You know, they like to call themselves as very prog- progressive or uh, very liberal. Uh, they are not. They are fucking backward. Yeah, people say that the Dutch are very straightforward. Some people call that being rude. So. And no, like uh, being straightforward is a bit different, but being Dutch is different. Uh, being Dutch, I think it's uh, yeah, like uh, look, that's actually rude fucking behavior. For instance, in Sweden, when I used to ask uh, how stuff worked, they used to explain. Okay, listen, in Sweden we do this, 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 this way, and uh, if, then again, I'll repeat this point once more. If this happened once or twice, I wouldn't be stating this. This happened a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Like when I asked uh, like uh, some questions at important places in the Netherlands, they always start with, I do not know where the fuck you niggas are from, but <laughs> here in the Netherlands, <laughs> we do shit in a proper way. Like why the fuck do you need to say shit like that? I understand what you mean. I understand what you mean. So, how do you view religion? You used to wear hijab. Right now, you don't wear hijab. Yeah, like I said, I think, you know, I believe that religion is a product of society. So, I don't agree to with many of the religion views, but and I think that people in my country are too scared of the concept of going to hell that they don't question anything. For example, I have a non-Muslim boyfriend and I have no problem with it when in my country you're supposed to be either marry a Muslim or don't marry at all. So. People know that I have a boyfriend and like, don't marry him until you convert him into Islam. So it's okay for me to date a non-Muslim, but it's not okay for me to marry him. One thing is like they don't say that out of racism or anything. They say that because they believe that they that's the true way. They're, that's their advice because they don't want me to go to hell. To hell. They, so they say that out of concern for me. But... From uh, I mean, I've been to many countries. I've encountered many races, people from 
all different backgrounds and humans are the same even religions when you start reading about the religion they all have the same principles be good don't do bad things if you do bad things you're going to hell if you do good you're going to heaven it's just names certain practices certain rituals that are different so I think that yeah I'm a strong believer in God but I do believe that most religions are just I don't know they're all one yeah yeah I find all religions are equally uh, equally genuine and equally stupid yeah true true like you know the the uh, the two religions that are so similar are Judaism and Islam basically the same they don't eat pig they uh, cover themselves they have the thing on the head they what else I mean I, I don't know a lot about uh, Judaism but from Marinos they have you know the rituals not you know because in Christianity you only have the faith you don't really have the prayers and but at the same we do have the prayers uh, yeah yeah I yeah, know but it's but not r- this, uh, as much as uh, us they have the circumcision it's basically the same religion yet people hate 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 each other like if you call someone if you want to curse in a for example, you're sitting in front of me, I'm an Arab, I want to curse you, I'm going to call you a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is that this hatred and this racism is born because of political conflict. Okay. Just be- because of the invasion of uh, Palestine. R- they hate complete religion. And then when you, uh, when you ask them about, the, the, about their religions, they say, no, God told us to believe in Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. But if you bring up a Jew's name, it's like... <sighs> I, uh, I understand what is it you mean. Like, uh, you know, when I was in Morocco, do you know uh, how many times people used to ask me, like, do you worship cows? Like, well, I don't, but yeah, yeah. I, I know that people do. Like, and uh, when I was traveling in Turkey, I actually sort of uh, became kind of uh, annoying because there was this dude who actually did and uh, the philosophy of Hinduism comes from the fact that like we wanted to respect everything around us we wanted to give uh, equal love and importance for instance because the importance for cows come from the fact that like cows were extremely important for our economy like the cow shit is a is an amazing fertilizer the even uh, nitrogen is found in abundance uh, with uh, cow's uh, piss and uh, it is also good insecticide and uh, cows were used to uh, plow the land and uh, the female cows milk so they were extremely useful animals for us that's the reason why they created this whole philosophy and right now people do tend to attach themselves to the story than to the philosophy like there's this uh, 
the story of buddha and uh, no buddhist teacher uh, and a cat so there was this teacher who used to give sermons every day on his uh, dojo and there was this cat which was quite troublesome so what he used to do is that before giving his sermons he asked his disciples to get the cat and to tie it near the pillar where he can see it so they did that and he gave the sermon there was no issue it went on slowly the teacher died the disciple who replaced him he understood why the cat was being tied so he continued the tradition but now the cat died yeah so what he did is find another cat and he started tying it this is how traditions were born yeah true true the thing is people hang on to the tradition and they don't see the reason behind it same for example like if you come to let's islam they say that men are allowed to have four wives when in reality that uh, it was a time of war men were dying left and right so the remaining men were taking more than one wife in order for women to have support back then back then and right now you you know you find a guy he's rich and then he has nothing to do too much money to to use so which is love money <laughs> so yeah i have the right to get four wives that get four wives and then get bored from uh, of two replace them with a new two it's actually one of the best policies ever i do not understand why no one else follows it <laughs> yeah. hey i guess you like that as a man huh <laughs> yeah what's that not to like about uh, four fucking pussies <laughs> well i believe in equality so if you want four give me four well you can have uh, four dildos <laughs> <laughs> exactly you're <a> chauvinist <laughs> and i want to i want to ask about the massive algerian protest that happened last year what happened to it like uh, the statue of a president you had who who couldn't do anything like i've seen his press conferences like it was fucking clear that uh, he was deluded yeah. he didn't he didn't understand where the fuck he was he didn't understand who the fuck he was but still people were moving him around like a statue yeah look basically let me explain uh, what happened in algeria so algeria was in uh, kind of a civil war in the from 1989 to 1994 it's like the arab spring it happened in algeria an uh, islamic uh, party won the the government I mean not the government the army didn't want the islamists to control the country there was an overthrow people were getting slaughtered left and right the, the one party was so after that butfliqa that was uh, that's the name of our president came and then uh, it was peaceful it was good for a while and in algeria it was supposed to be only two times 
president can run twice, same as in the US. So first time smoothly, second time smoothly. The people love him too much, let's put him for the third time. So they put him for the third time. And then he uh, he got stroke, really bad stroke. He became incapable of doing anything. He's paralyzed. And then let's put him for a fourth one. I think. I think. Oh, did he run for? Uh, was it the fourth one or the fifth one? This one. I honestly lost track. So, basically, they wanted to statue, like you said, an image. But the truth is, it's the army, it's the army generals who are controlling the country. They've been controlling the country for years and years and years now. So he's just an image. People said, no, we do not want him as our president. So they went to the streets. We don't want him as our president. We don't want him as our president. The army didn't want war because... They don't want. They've seen what happened with the Arab Spring. Uh, the Arab Spring. So what they did is that they said let's delay the let's let's delay the elections, and they said no. So they made him resign. Six more months. Uh, yeah. Then they wanted six more months. The people said no. We don't. We want the elections on time, and we want to choose someone. So they manipulated the situation and they got their six months. They found the perfect candidate. They put him up for election. I think it was seventy percent of the seventy uh, percent. If I'm not wrong, I honestly it's been quite a while, so I don't I don't remember the exact percentage. But the majority of people did not want him so they did not want to vote because it was um it was elections on the army's terms so they got exactly what they wanted just with a different name they had their time they searched for the perfect candidate and they put it for the people just like they did with Bouteflika yet it didn't happen so they didn't care about the 70% people who didn't want uh, the elections and uh, they got the 20%, the 20 or 25% votes and they put their new president exactly how they wanted. So nothing has changed. Like Algeria has the second biggest oil resource next to Libya, I guess. In Africa? Yeah. But... Libya had a golden period until Gaddafi was alive. Did Algeria ever have a golden period? No, I don't think so. It's the army. They they control everything. They're the richest. They share the country's wealth on the people. They're starving, unemployed, uh, living off... Uh, 150 euro salary and uh, like how easy it is uh, to go to France from Algeria illegally and how much does it cost let me do the maths so 20,000 dinars is 1,000 so around 5 or 6,000 euros 5 or 6,000 yeah you pay to get a place on a boat that might flip and kill you. 
Shit, I, I, five or six thousand euros, like why the fuck can't people invest themselves in... Uh... Invest in what? You know, you try to do anything with that money and then you, the, the people... The country itself is going to be throwing you curveballs right and left. So what they do is that they work their asses off for two or three years. They save and they pay place on, buy place on that boat. But the thing is, right now it uh, became some kind of a trend in Algeria. I was teaching, uh, I was a teacher in Algeria. I was teaching uh, teenagers, yeah, 14, 16. And what their uh, favorite YouTube videos was were the, these of people who are immigrating legally, so they're on the boat in the in the middle of the sea, taping themselves, saying we're on the way to freedom, and they're so happy. And so the the kids see that and they think like this is their salvation. They're gonna go there and they're gonna have the perfect peachy life. You're saying that Algerians live stream their illegal immigration to France and the French cops still can't find them. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, but you can find them all over YouTube. And I, I don't understand. Why the fuck am I paying so much taxes to France? <laughs> and uh, the funny thing is that the all the teenagers watch them religiously. It's like watching your favorite YouTuber or Instagrammer and thinking, oh, I want to buy that product. So it's exactly the same thing. They brush, brainwashing people into wanting that. So when I used to ask my my students, well, what do you want to do with your, uh, what do you want to do with your life? They, <laughs> I want to immigrate illegally. Yeah, like not legally. It has to be illegally to France. <laughs> like why 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 won't they think of a legal option? Because there is not any. The only legal uh, option for you is to get married or to be filthy rich in order to go study there. Yeah, that's a trap. Exactly. But do you think that Algeria would have done better if the French didn't come? Honestly, I don't know. I don't have enough knowledge to judge. Because I am from a place which is entirely different from the case of Algeria. Like before, uh, the British came to India, we were considered, we were the, not considered, we were the richest nation in the world. Then the French came, then the Dutch came, actually it started with the Portuguese and the Dutch. And then, but the English took the most, but everyone took their share. And I'm not saying this as necessarily as a bad thing. Like, the, I see this as uh, something that had to happen like for instance if it didn't happen we wouldn't gotten rid of sati or uh, female infanticide which is still pre very much practiced a female what female infanticide like the basically the idea is that like if you have a free female kid you kill the infant oh yeah, yeah we had that and yeah we had that but way before islam apparently the islam is what got rid of this kind of traditions okay Anyway, so, uh, you know, we, we wouldn't have gotten rid of that. And the most important thing we got rid of was the monarchy. Like, can you imagine living under a monarchical rule? Like, uh, you'll be just minding your business and some random douchebag has a fight with another random douchebag. And then you need to die for those douchebags. 
Yeah, interesting. Do you fast? Uh, yes, I do. And uh, you follow right now since you live in Europe. Do you follow which time? Which uh, time do you follow? Sorry. I follow the European time. By European time, what do you mean? <laughs> I fast from sunset till sundown. So if you were living in Un- in Antarctica, uh-huh. would you be fasting? I probably would. From when to when? Because uh, in Antarctica, for six months there's just sun. For six months there's no sun. So, what are you going to do now? Yeah, in that case, I'll follow my country is uh, timing, probably. And uh, your country, by your country, do you mean Algeria or uh, Saudi? Algeria. Okay. We don't follow Saudi's timing. We just follow the sun. Okay. So since you live in Europe and you follow the local timings, mm-hmm. right now with the summer, you get more and more light. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've uh, usually eat around nine thirty, I think. Yeah. But when you started, it was nine. Hmm. When you started, it was nine. Yeah, yeah. So do you not think it's stupid? No, I don't. Why not follow? the uh, the middle east in time like in the middle east when they asked you to uh, fast from sun uh, sunrise till sunset it was 12 hours it made sense from 6 to 6 but right now but even this is tolerable like it's almost the same hours is there is no difference if it was too much it, if it was intolerable yes i would follow that but it's tolerable for me then why not okay Plus, I do. I I see what you mean, and uh, how how do you say? I see. I see where you're coming from, but I don't do it to you know blindly follow religion. Like I said, I'm not religious. I don't pray five times a day. I don't read the Quran, but at the same time, I believe in God, and I grew up celebrating Ramadan, and it's very spiritual for me. So that's why I chose to do. I chose to do it. So, if you were to summarize your life's journey, and what thought would you summarize it with? No regrets. I mean, every part of my journey has made me who I am, and I wouldn't change a part of it. That's a nice thought to end with. Thank so you. thank you for being in my show. Thank you for inviting me.